This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. This quote... um comes throughout scripture fear not for I am with thee you can go to multiple places where you find it throughout the bible and it underpins um, the fund- one of the fundamental um, requirements really if we trust and if we, um, if we put our trust in God we need not fear if he is with us if God is on our side then who can actually be against us who has got any power over him? As we finish with that, uh, with that reading, that final verse of what we've just read, we read it there. I work, and who will reverse it? We have the almighty creator of all things. If he wills it, it happens, and there is no one and nothing that can undo it. All things that happen go the way that God requires it. And we can gather strength in that. We can gather strength of purpose, no matter how we find ourselves, what position we find ourselves in, that if we are on God's side, then ultimately God's will will happen and that we should trust in that. And it's an interesting phrase that we've got here. We see it in Genesis chapter 26, spoken to Isaac when he's in uh, his own personal issues but the message comes to him and the Lord appears to him in verse 24 of Genesis 26 appeared to him uh, that same night and said I am the God of your father Abraham do not fear for I am with you I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake that we have this message to Isaac here, that for his father's sake, that this, uh, this, the God of his father Abraham is with him, that he is not to fear, that he will come through this, that, he, uh, that his descendants will be multiplied, uh, multiplied. And we have this promise that was given to his father, that is reaffirmed to Isaac, that would come through ultimately as, uh, as we go. If we go a little bit further and we go to closer to where we've just re- uh, read in Isaiah uh, 41, we see this phrase come up again, again in the context of, the, uh, of, uh, of, of a strengthening in this position. Isaiah 41, starting at verse 8. But you, O Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant, I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you and my righteous right hand that we have here already a little pattern that, uh, that is starting to appear that occurs with this 
um, with this phrase of fear not for I am with you that it always links it back so far with the ones that we've looked at and in many others as well that it links them back to who is making this promise fear not for I am with you who is this I am that is with them well it is the Lord God it is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob that we've got set and that is the important thing because many people can say don't worry I'm with you and they can go and we can take strength from it that it is uh, always better to be in a position where you've got someone at your right hand that is going to support you that makes life a little bit easier that if you are worried about going into a certain situation you would say to them don't worry I'm with you and you do it I do it to my children that it's okay you're all right you're a little bit nervous but it's okay because because daddy's with you and because daddy's with them or because mummy's with them all of a sudden that trust comes their face often changes because they have that belief in you and I never want that belief to change in my children because ultimately when they look and they go they still think their mummy and their daddy can do anything and they believe them and they will go and they will trust you to the ends of the earth my youngest daughter will jump off anything into my arms sometimes a little bit too bad she doesn't even think twice about it daddy catch me and she'll leap because she has that full trust that I will be there for her no matter what now I'm only human so I can say that to her that I'll catch you but one day I might not because I don't have the power I don't have the power to be able to say to someone fear not for I am with you because I don't have control over all things but with God he is able to say to his people to fear not for he is with them that he will ultimately provide and in the chapter that we've just read in that um, that section that we've just read we can see that he is that redeemer of Israel that will come that he will provide that way of escape that he will bring them uh, back and that he says to them fear not for I am with thee and when you, uh, when you look down you get to verse 10 he gives the reason in many ways because you are my witness says the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he and before me there was no God formed nor shall there be after me and even I am the Lord and beside me there is no saviour I declared and saved and have proclaimed and there was no foreign God among you Therefore you are my witness, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am he. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? That we have that confidence, that utter confidence that God has as the almighty creator of all things. That because he says it will happen, it will happen. Because he is promised, because he has, as he says... I have chosen you. And we saw that with Abraham, that he chose Abram. He chose a people. 
uh, people to be his witness. And he gave Abraham a series of promises. And because of that, they can take strength in that. Because if God has said it will happen, then who can go against it? There is no God before him, there is no God after him. And there's no, uh, nothing that can make it undo. God has chosen through Abraham a, a people that will be his witness. The promises came to Abraham and his children Isaac and Jacob, which is why as you go through, the name of him changes as it goes, the way he describes himself, I should say. That he first he is the God of Abraham, and then he is the God of Abraham and Isaac, and then he is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, as it goes. That it shows the, uh, the witness that is to come. It shows the route that is to be taken. And the strength that we can gain from this as, uh, as we go through. They are the second part of the foundation, if you may. That you have the promise that has been made by God. And you've got the witness that is the people of Israel. The nation of Israel as a witness to that promise. That they show the power of God throughout the time. Now God made a few promises uh, as, we go uh, as we go through scripture. And we're going to have a, a look at a few of them as we go through. To see how we can get to that point where we can have that utter faith and trust in him. The first is in, uh, is in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 1. The first pointer to Christ as a saviour that we're looking forward, that there, uh, let there be uh, f- for them lights in their firmament and in the heavens to give light to the earth, and it was so. God put light into the world as a starting point. The first pointer forward to Christ as a saviour, that the light would come from God. That we have there this vision pointing forward to the light of the world that would come that would be later in the the New Testament described as the Lord Jesus Christ as the light of the world the promise first of all to Abraham and his children Isaac and Jacob the second part of the foundation the first in Eden of the uh, the pointer to Christ as the saviour the third is the promise to to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7 where we have the throne of David being, being placed. And we have ultimately this promise that would come through. We're going to connect the, uh, these ideas together with the promises that run through Scripture. Starting at chapter 12 of Genesis with the promises to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12 and the first three verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The the promises. To, uh, to Abram first of all there that 
we would, he would be a great nation. That he would bless those who bless them, uh, blesses him and curse those who curse him. And that through him, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Ultimately looking forward, as we will see, to the Lord Jesus Christ. But that starting point there of these promises that were given to the man Abram. Now Abram separated himself from his natural family and followed God. He listened to the things. And he took his, uh, Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired from Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan, so that they came to the land of Canaan. And this is the, the starting point of Abram, that he was given this call, he was given this promise, but the thing is, Abraham still had to act on it. And he did. That we have this same um, call for us too. That we can be the sons and daughters of God. That we can be separated from this world to be allotted to him. That we too can be part of God's plan and purpose. In Acts chapter 15 and verse 14 we're told that God will take from the Gentiles a people for himself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we see that the people that are taken out have no purpose to live alongside those that aren't. That what has light got to do with darkness? If we look at 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 14, we read, we'll go to verse 11 for context. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own afflictions. Affections, sorry. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children. You also to be open. Do not be unevenly yoked together with unbelievers. For when fellowship has, righteous, uh, has righteousness with lawlessness, what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Baliel? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Now as we look here, we see that this two groups that are being made, these two Situations, these two positions in life that you have from the beginnings of all time, that separation between light and darkness, that you have those who are believers and unbelievers, those that are lawless and under the law. What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Baliel? What part has a believer with an unbeliever? And it ultimately is brought together. By what agreement has the temple of God with idols? That we can't serve multiple um, masters. That you can't serve multiple gods. Because they will come into conflict with each other. There is one God. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And it's that one God who is able to therefore fulfill things. We're told at the start of the next chapter. Therefore, having these promises... 
beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And we see that in the the things which are quoted in the, uh, the previous verses. As God said, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Come out from among them and, um, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and, um, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. That's the position that you're given an opportunity to, uh, to come a part of. To separate yourselves from the world of idols. To bring yourself to the one true God. And as such, to be in the position that Abraham, Isaac and Jacob were. To fear not, for God was with them. The details of how this would happen and... The, the promises would gradually unfold as Abraham obeyed and fulfilled each instruction. We saw from Genesis chapter 12 that Abraham would become a great nation and a great name, that he would be blessed and those that cursed him would be cursed and that all nations of the world would be blessed through him. Initially, Abraham's family, but ultimately all nations. In Genesis chapter 12, we see uh, how that continues. And in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 12. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendant I will give this land. And they will, uh, there he builds um, an altar to the Lord who I have appeared to him. He is saying to, uh, to Abraham here that his descendants, his seed, would be uh, given this land. That there is a, a message that has been given to Abraham from this point onwards. That they would inherit the land in which he was stood. In Genesis chapter 13 we see where that, uh, that would be. And from verses 14 to 17... He took him and he looked and he lifted up his eyes from the north and to the west to the east. And all the land which I give to you, uh, you see, I will give to your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise and walk the, uh, the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the Cherubinus tree at Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. Ultimately, Abraham would be given an inheritance forever of this land, that he would have a multitudinous seed that could not be numbered. And Abraham was to walk through the length and the breadth of the land that was being offered. In chapter 15, God's covenant with Abraham was confirmed that it would be made by, uh, by sacrifice and that the, 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 the land was defined. By the time we get to chapter 17 of Genesis, Abraham's name was changed to Abraham as he had the true heir through his wife, Sarai, whose name was changed to Sarah. When Abraham's name was changed from father of great nation, to father of, uh, uh, father of multitude of nations. This is the, uh, the opening out of the, of the promises that would come. 
of that third promise that through him all nations of the earth shall be blessed. A little bit later in Genesis, in Genesis 22, we see this promised son that, uh, that Abraham thought of, that he longed for, at the age of 100, to have the son Isaac, to then be asked to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. That he was willing to do so in Genesis 22, but what happened was the Lord provided And after Abraham showed his willingness to sacrifice Isaac in Genesis chapter 22, Abraham's seed was given uh, to possess the gates of his enemies. In his seed, all nations of the earth would be blessed in verse 18. And this was confirmed by an oath that by myself I have sworn this, that God's promise was sealed that from this point onwards it was confirmed with the, uh, through God that this would happen. That Abraham's seed would possess the gates of his enemies. That in his, through that seed all the nations of the, uh, the world would be blessed. So there are the promises. So why is that so important? Well it's important because we too can be part of those promises. Because the true seed of Abraham was not Isaac. It was looking forward, ultimately, to the Lord Jesus Christ. That Isaac was the the line in which it would take, but the seed that is being spoken about, the descendant that, uh, that is to come, is looking forward to the one seed who would ultimately fulfill all the promises that were set before both Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David. Then when we get to Matthew chapter 1, we read at the start of it, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, a man born in the line of Abraham, who would inherit the promises to his ancestor. By, not by chance, but by the will of our Heavenly Father. That from the beginning of all things, this is the way that it was to become. Because it is only through the Lord Jesus Christ that ultimately salvation to all men could come. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16, we read, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as in many, but as to one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And that is the, uh, the position that uh, was that's set before us now. That through Christ, we have this promised seed to Abraham. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 8, we see, Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to his fathers. And that the Gentiles might be glorify, uh, glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. For this reason I will confess to you amongst the Gentiles and sing your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Lord him, all you people. And again Isaiah says, 
There shall be a root of Jesse, and he, shall, uh, he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall have hope. He was to be the hope of Israel. He was to be that hope, not just for the Jews, not just for the people of Israel at the time that he was born. He was to be the, to the hope of Abraham and Isaac and all those who died in faith, waiting for the promises to be fulfilled. Again, in Galatians, we see that this promise to those who were baptised into the saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, way, uh, that route through. In Galatians chapter 3, from verse, from verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you who were baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. That we have, just in this one chapter in Galatians 3, you can look for ages and see the message brought through and how the promises were opened up to the Gentiles through the Lord Jesus Christ. That we too might have a hope of salvation that would come at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that again in the letter to the Ephesians in chapter 2. From verse 11. Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by those called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were with, uh, without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ you, have been, uh, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That through the, uh, through the crucifixion, through the sacrifice that was, that was foreshadowed in Genesis and with Isaac, that God would provide that perfect sacrifice of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that those who were Christ's might have an opportunity to be reconciled to God. That we are therefore brought into the promises that were made to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. That promise number three. That in thy seed all nations of the earth will be blessed. Is the promise that is allowed to us. The promise that is opened up to us in Galatians 3. That as, we, uh, as we've just uh, been looking at. That, that promise is... In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 7, we start from verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it that he works of the law or by the hearing of the faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness... Therefore, know that, uh, that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, 
preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. That we have this opportunity to look at the word that is set before us in the Bible, to see that opportunity of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. To take courage and strength in the fact that the promises that are set before by God, one at a time, are being fulfilled. So that when we see the words, fear not, for God is with you, that we can see that, we can take it. That when the Lord Jesus Christ said, my peace I give you, not as the world do I uh, give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We can see that this strength is a, is a state of heart. It's a state of mind, not of the world around you. That the world offers you a fragile peace as long as each party feels that they're getting their way because of it. But the Lord Jesus Christ offers us a sense of peace in the knowledge that at his return, the kingdom will be set up, that he will sit on the throne of David, reigning from Jerusalem, that it will encompass the entire world, that it will last forever, that it be reigned and ruled with justice and truth, and that those who are his will be granted eternal life at his return. The blessings, the justification, the eternal inheritance and the resurrection from the dead all come through the Lord Jesus Christ. For Abraham and his seed to possess the land forever, he must, first of all, have been raised because he died as a sacrifice for us. Abraham was justified by faith, just as the Lord Jesus Christ was that he sacrificed himself willingly knowing that his father was just and would raise him from the dead for he did not deserve the wages of death the promise to his son first of all was fulfilled in his resurrection and it be fulfilled to us at his return the promises were a gift to Abraham as they are to us they were not something that Abraham could earn. It's not something that we can earn. They are a gracious gift. A gift that is not of our doing. It is because Abraham was chosen of God. And we too can be chosen by God if we hear this message and it changes something inside us. If our eyes are open and we see... And we're not the blind nation with eyes or the deaf with ears. But if we can take that message into our very being and it changes us, then we too have been chosen by God. If we have that portion of faith that we can believe in the Almighty, that he has sent his Son that we might be reconciled, if we repent and turn away from the things of this world and turn to devote our lives to God and we are baptised into the saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ as a confirmation of that 
then we set ourselves on a path through life that will lead to just that, to life. Life everlasting at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we can see, and we can stand here today and we can say all these promises that are set before us. But many of them have not yet been fulfilled. And many have come before us and died, awaiting for that. And we see from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 and 14, that all these died in faith, not receiving the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar off, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. For people were speaking thus, making it clear that they, uh, they are seeking a homeland. This is 39 and 40 of, our, uh, of Hebrews chapter 11. And all these, through, uh, through command, uh, though commanded, though the, uh, through their faith, did not receive what were promised, since God had uh, provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. It is through the love and the patience of God that we are still awaiting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Peter writes, it's not that God is slack concerning his promises. It's the exact opposite. He is waiting for you and I to realise, to turn to him, so that we might too have that opportunity of salvation. So ultimately, we have a choice. Do we want to look for ourselves and to trust in man, to trust into the gods of this world, to trust in ourselves and to live our lives as much as we want to ourselves. And that's the portion that we can have. Or do we want that little bit more? Do we want to risk looking a fool to those around us who cannot see because we have faith in God? that we can see past this, uh, this time, that we can see to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we can see that ultimate glory that will come when these promises will be confirmed, where that, that nation, that kingdom will be set up, and where Jesus will reign from David's throne. So do you want to be, in many ways, the master of this life on your own? With no one at your side to trust on? Or do you truly want to be able to read, fear not, for I am with thee? And be an heir of the promise at the return of Christ. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website. Ormskirk Christadelphians.org.uk